0: Hello,
1: stranger. Do you like to read?
2: Read? What's happening? Am I dead?
1: I bet you like zombie books. I like food. Do you have food? You don't need food at dividedbyzerobooks.com. It's full of nutrient-rich science fiction.
2: Ugh, I'm stuck in an ad, aren't I?
1: Once I stop talking, reality will collapse until someone plays this ad again. This isn't the first time we've had this discussion, and it won't be the last. Hello, stranger. Do you like to read? Hey, this is Derwin from the Blanket Fortress of Solitude. And with me tonight, I have another old friend from long, long ago in the before time when I was but a wee lad going through combat medic training for my second time through. And this guy was another prior service guy like I was and at the time we had just gotten liberty to kind of run amongst the base and stuff and we found ourselves in the nco club and at this nco club it was me him and another prior service dude and so we're walking around and then miraculously at the same time there is a west point reunion going on and these colonels are all partying in san antonio and stuff And then there are these other two colonels that are just hanging out by themselves at the bar. And so me and this cat and our friend, we all walk up over there and we're like, hey, how's it going guys? And we just start talking to them. And then these colonels just buy us shots and they think it's kind of cool just to hang out with and and pick our brains and talk to us. And so with me tonight is Dan Mertz of the United States Army and United States Marine Corps, a veteran of two branches. Hey, Mertz, how we doing? What's going on, Lester? It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. And it's good to see you. And so before we hit record, you were on a really interesting thought that I want to get into, where you said that, you know, you and I, we haven't really spoken much in person since medic school a million years ago in 2009 but like all veteran buddy friends you put us in a zoom link you put us in a bar we pick no back time right has passed past. You, you pick right back up and so but you said that hearing it on a podcast was different right than just seeing a, a, a comment or like a facebook post or an instagram message or something what'd you mean by that
2: oh well so i mean it's it, obviously it's more recent with you because you just started your podcast just a little while ago which is doing I, I actually enjoy quite quite a lot. Not saying that just because you're my friend. Thank you. Um, I, I, I enjoy the, the dead, the uh, lesser known presidents one. The dead presidents really society. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. I, li- I like it. I like it yeah. a lot. But um, what I meant by that was um, sometimes, like you know, you especially like podcasts, like the like the shorter episodes that you do, where you're giving like little like vignettes of like life and experience and thoughts. Right? It kind of lets you into somebody's brain. Especially when it's just one person there talking, and even if you don't personally know them, like I know you, you start learning how they think. You start understanding their views on things, and it's great—a one-sided conversation, right? Because they're not learning anything about you, sure. but you're learning a lot of things about someone else. And I listen. Uh, I actually get a lot of downtime at my job, so I listen to podcasts all the time when I felt like I was super late to finding out about podcasts. Um, and uh, I was like, Oh, Hey, the, here we go. Podcast. This is like super cool. And I've, uh, I've actually met a couple people who do a podcast and it was for the first like 30, 35 seconds. It was kind of weird because I was like, I know so much about you assholes that it's almost weird. Cause you know, nothing about me. And it made me feel a little awkward for a second. And they're like, bro, it's cool, man. Like you're like, you're totally fine. Just drive in. And you're, you're good. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, good times were had by all, and it was fine. But like, it was that little 30, 40 seconds there where I was like, I know exactly what you two are talking about, but you don't know that I know or yeah. how comfortable I am around you. And then that made me feel a little awkward for a second.
0: Sure. And then
2: they were like, dude, it's cool, man. Like you're fine. And then it was, you know, everything's cool. And we're all talking and shooting shit and having a good time. And that was great. But it was really weird. And then I got to thinking like this has to be super odd for you guys because you must have people coming up to you all the time that act like they know you. And they're like, Yeah, man, it's it's kind of weird, but you get used to it. Um and oh, there's like if some people only
1: in- I was that popular.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, it's like sometimes you jive with people and sometimes you don't. And if you don't, you don't. And it's just like, hey man, like I'm all done with this conversation I'm out. But they were like, they're super cool dudes.
1: Super yeah. cool. That, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I, uh, not, not there quite yet. Um, I'm at the point we'll where I'm there. like, You'll get there. I'm like, oh, people are listening consistently and the arrow for like the charts going up in the right direction. So, okay. So who, who, who else besides me, do you know that as a podcast? Oh, um, well, the, um,
2: let's see. I'm trying to think now. Um, you know, I'll start off with the, um, uh, so a uh, buddy of mine who was a Kama who was the entire reason I was able to play World of Warcraft in Afghanistan uh, he has a podcast now sure. and then uh, I had a buddy of mine he uh, him and his wife did one but they stopped because they just got bored with it I think and then um, I rent so there's a couple I know you know who he is um, and I'm not name. and by the way listeners I am not name dropping this like these guys are my buddies because I've only met him a couple times they would be able to pick me out of a lineup, and that's about it. <laughs> but uh Ross Patterson, Dan Holloway, uh, they do Drinking Bros. Um, They have, like, millions of listeners. Great show. It's a lot of fun. See, but, they will probably get stopped randomly. <laughs> I Oh, yeah. I, I, I oh, at the airport, I'm sure. Like, I can't imagine what it's like to be those dudes, especially with pricks like me who listen to their podcast. Yeah. Um, and which is, like, how I kind of, like, wound up actually meeting them is because – so they – they moved to Austin to, they moved all their stuff to Austin and that's where they podcast out of now. And I was sitting around drinking one night and I thought it was a really good idea. You know, those, those ideas you have when you're drinking, like this is a great idea, but you know, nothing is going to come of it. So I just messaged Dan on Instagram and I guess he must've recognized my name or something from one of the comments in the groups or whatever. And so he messaged me back. And what I messaged him about was a couple years back, uh, a friend of mine, who's a Vietnam veteran that I ride motorcycles with, he gave me um, for Christmas. He gave me Dakota Meyer's book because he's like, "Oh, Dakota Myers is, is a Marine. You were in the Corps. You'll you'll sure. we'll appreciate this." Because he he had read the book and I guess it it kind of hit him. I don't you know different wars, but it it, it hit him and he thought it was a yeah. really good book. Yeah, and so he gave it to me. I mean, and, they're the same war in different con- in different countries. Exactly. So he he gives me this book and I read it and obviously it's a good book. Um, heavy 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 stuff but anyways so Dan does a podcast with Dakota Meyer Ah. and so I was like hey man real quick this might be stupid but I want to like see if I can get Dakota to sign this for my Vietnam buddy so I can give it back to him for Christmas as like you know a gift and then not I swear it wasn't 30 minutes later he shoots me a message like hey come to Austin he'll sign it for you no like, shit. Come he's like, come come to the studio and you can ask. Him. I was like, bro, if you don't think I'm not going to get on my motorcycle and be in Austin in like two hours, you're out your freaking money. And he's like, come up on Thursday, man. I was like, done. So I ride up on Thursday and um, ride up on Thursday and then get to their studio. and walk in and they're, they're sitting there chilling. Yeah. And it was super cool. You know, they're doing their thing. Um, say hi, we're talking, whatever. And then, you know was gonna leave and I was just like oh I better ask now because I because Dan's not gonna ask for me right like I gotta yeah. be a man about this so I was like so I explained the whole thing to him like hey listen I, I I happen to have this book it's not for me it's for my Vietnam veteran buddy told him all about ski and stuff like that and he's like yeah sure I, I if you got it with you I'd be happy to do it so boom 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 he signs it and he hands it back to me and I was like man thanks a lot this is gonna mean a lot to him and he's just like is that it I was like yeah, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Like that's a that's a big deal. Like whatever. And so he leaves, and I'm, like, I'm bullshit with everybody else. And then he comes back in, and I'm like, "Well, you just said you had to leave." He walks up to me. He's like, "Hey, next time you're in Austin, you may call. We'll grab beers." And I don't know if he meant that or not. But then he coined me, <laughs> and oh, I was really? just like, "Yo,
1: oh, yeah, he might have meant it." <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now, so now, so now,
1: I've got I've got the Kodama coin, which now <laughs> is like the the crown jewel of my collection. <laughs> now, explain to the audience. Who Dakota Meyer is and why he's important.
2: Uh, so Dakota Meyer uh, is a U.S. Marine who um, did one of the most baller things that you can do. Where he had a bunch of guys that were under heavy, heavy enemy fire. No one else was going in to get them, and he pretty much said, "Well, then I'm going to go and grab the grab the Humvee and a driver." And he went out to go get these dudes. Got into a lot of contact. Uh, had to come back multiple times. Uh, I won't go. I mean, it's his story to tell him. Again, I'm not saying that like I am like super friends with him or anything like that. He was just a really cool guy that signed this book for me and, and gave me the coin. But it was like I said, it was really cool to meet him um, and his books out there. They, they have their own podcast and stuff, which I'm not going to mention on your podcast, but they're they're really cool, like legit guys. Like he's a he's a down to earth, one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet in your life. Super cool dude, but it was just one of those weird things that like just happens. And it's like, you listen to podcasts, it's like, man, it's like, I feel like not only have I read your book, but I listen to your podcast, so like I know a lot about you guys, but you know nothing about me, so I can't act like I'm your friend. And on top of that, just because I like the content you do doesn't mean you owe me a damn thing, <laughs> it's <the> entertainment, right? <laughs> so, I, I mean, but, yeah, but,
1: but yeah, they were great. Uh, Ross Patterson was there, and he's hilarious. He is literally my my first introduction, my biggest introduction to Ross Patterson is like I was when I was in the National Guard. I kept seeing like we were out in the field and we had our phones, but you can only like charge your phone every three days. So I'd pop on the Facebook and then pop off real quick. And then I saw this movie called Range 15 that was getting ready to drop. Yep. I, and, and I, I donated to that movie. Oh, my God. And so Range 15 is kind of like if you handed an infantry platoon $3 million to make a zombie movie. And, and then William Shatner's there, who's awesome. And fucking – and Ross Patterson plays the best sergeant major. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was it, – it is it – is, honestly, I don't think he was super acting in that
2: because <laughs> his, his sense of humor – is just there you know what I mean like that <laughs> Some like people was, you're
1: like that's kind of you yeah oh
2: yeah it was it, it's just so like I mean obviously not on like a day-to-day but his sense of humor is very much like that like, that's that is, him it, but
1: turned all the way on oh, all the way up,
2: all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they're like I said they're some of like the coolest nicest dudes down to earth oh that you definitely have met in life they're they're, they're, they're
1: real kind of low, like kind of just they don't you can't ever take yourself too seriously. That's really important, especially like if you get, you know, you become somebody that people actually, can't, you know, look to and give a shit oh, about and stuff. It's like, so put I'll, you know,
2: I'll put it this way like, there, I think it was the 100th episode. Yeah. They had a, they had, um, uh, so it started off of this, uh, Drinking Gross Facebook group. It started off with a bunch of veterans. Now there's non veterans in there, first responders, police officers, stuff like that. It's just like a mutual support group. So, like, no one has to drink alone kind of thing was the idea. Sure. Uh, and it's, Bunch of fun, a lot of shit posting. But anyways, at mm-hmm. the 100th episode of their podcast, they had a drinking bro and a drinking broette who had never met before show up to a hotel room in Vegas and they did a live podcast where they banged. Um, where they what? While they banged. Hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. What? But, what? but, then, but then fast forward <laughs> to this year and they were interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? It's like, it, you guys did it. They, they, they did it. They had this crazy <laughs> idea, just like, just like you starting a podcast, boom. <laughs> and then they, they just resonated with people
1: and it, and it went well. So the origin of mine is I was lucky enough to link up with uh, a fellow creative type who became my editor for my early run of books around 2015 and for years she's like you should start a podcast right she was always the one that could see the puck before it was going to mm-hmm. go over there and so around June or July of last year like on month six of two weeks to slow the spread and we're still in the house and we're like oh look the world nope still on fire and riots <laughs> and there's wildfires and yep there's some virus in the house okay I'll just stay home and Uh, You know, with all that going on, I'm feeling so fucking alone, right? And just like, and and, you know, me just talking into the void with like half a conversation. I am so sorry. Hey, you're a busy man. It's fine, bro. Hey, you're on the podcast. What's going on?
2: Hi, man. Uh, Congratulations on the washer and
1: dryer. Thank you. You're being recorded on the podcast right now on a Zoom link. For legal purposes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is my brother Jacob. Jacob, say hi to Dan. Hey, Jacob. Hey, I, I I was with Dan in medic school like twelve years ago. I'm in a room for my podcast right now. Oh, nice. Hey. I'll have fun with that. And
2: yeah, whatever you do, disagree with Joel. <laughs>
1: it makes for a more fun more fun episode if we disagree with things. But yeah, you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, my brother called me to tell me uh, why uh, he, I, we just got a washer and dryer or, or uh, a dishwasher, and we're very excited about it. Anyway, uh, can I call you later, bud? Yeah, sure. All right, bye. Dishwasher, living that first world dream, man. But, uh, uh no, so... <laughs> So I always wanted to do that too, where someone calls you and put them on the microphone. (laughs) But if you tell them you're being recorded, it's okay. It's legal. Yeah, exactly. It's legal now. Um, So fucking we bought this house in 2017. And then we, um, uh, you know, like I grew up in a double wide. So I'm good at washing dishes by hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife grew up not in a double wide. So she had a dishwasher. Right, because she wasn't a peasant like I was, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, like I, and and so I was like been washing dishes by hand for four years, and then we bought the dishwasher, and then today, and this is riveting broadcasting. Let me tell you, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing, yeah,
2: yeah, real numbers are the numbers are going up and up as you are
1: looking at them, real relatable shit, and. So we um uh, uh, we bought the dishwasher because everything's sold out right now, and everything's on back order. We found one in the, in the United States somehow. And then we got the power guy to come to hook power to it. There's no water hook to it yet, but there's <laughs> power to it. And it turned on, and it went, but I'm like, yes, the I did it. Of,
2: the sound of victory right there.
1: I, You know, we bought a fixer-upper.
2: <laughs> hey, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with buying a fixer-upper Especially well, I mean, depending let on me, what part of the country you're in But
1: Yeah, yeah uh, Well, I mean, we're in Indiana, so everything's really cheap But let me be honest here My wife bought a fixer-upper uh, And because we were dating at the time And I was like Because I had known people that had bought a house when they were dating And then they split up And then you owe a, own a house to someone oh, you used yeah, to love But now you fucking hate yeah. And so I'm like, hey, but I'm not on this. You pick out the house you can afford and pretend I don't exist. And, you know, and she, you know, much so like you this were already happened, acting like you were married before you got married. I got you. I mean, yeah, you know, it's kind of like like she she likes to she's like, yeah, because she she got a three legged like cat off Craigslist. And then she got me from the disabled veteran store. And then she bought this house, which the the. When we got here, the kitchen sink wasn't working, so we're washing dishes in the bathtub. Like we just got back from the old country.
2: <laughs> so what you're saying is there's there's a pattern, and she's a saint.
1: <laughs> she is, and again, Dan, I, I married so far above my station. Like, oh, I w- believe me, I. It's the best thing ever, right? Like, my <laughs> wife is
2: smarter than me, way better looking than me, yeah, and eventually will probably be way more successful than me yeah. as well, and. I'm here for that. Like, I'm cool. With it. I'm cool <laughs> with it. She went on, um, she went on vacation to Disney uh, last week, two weeks ago, or whatever. Like she, she wanted to go. And I was like, look, the boys are still kind of young to to be dragging them through Disney. Like, let's wait till next year to take them. But you know what? Why don't you go? I'll call, I'll take off a couple of days from work. I'll stay home with the kids and you go to Disney. And so she did. And she's having a great time. And she comes back. She's like, I had so much fun. And she looks at me like, I must've had a horrible time. She's like, how did it go? And I looked at her, I was like, are you kidding me? Why are you guys trying to get out of this? That was amazing. I didn't have to go to work. I got the kids up, fed them, hung out with them a little bit, got them to school. I had the whole, I was cleaning shit in this house. I didn't even know it needed to be clean because I was
1: bored. It was amazing. You know, I'm kind of, but like, you know, she's a school teacher. So again, like a saint. And Oh yeah, couldn't do it. I he works 80 hours children. a week, so I'm like, oh, I can mow the lawn and do the... Do- I was trained by the government how to be an effective cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> we are great janitors. Exactly. You have a floor buffer to ride? Yeah. I, it's fucking, like, so I'm like, because I know, like, I I, I anticipate messes before they happen, right? Of course, I spent the last two years hiding in a bunker afraid of the sun, so <laughs> there's that. but, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. Okay, so... How so? Like you're kind of buds with Ross Patterson, but like
2: no. So, but buds is but buds is like a gross overstatement.
1: He might remember your name.
2: Exactly. Like I said, he like I said we've we've met. We're part of drinking bros, so we talk shit online all the time. And that's
1: pretty cool.
2: And stuff like that. Like he he is a god at, at football picks, though. Like that's if my pretty wife, cool. if my wife had let me match his bets last year. I would have a Z06 Corvette. Um, <laughs> however, uh, but yeah, no. So like I said, it, it was just one of those random weird things and, you know, ran to those guys and then, you know, just weird, just weird stuff like that. Like just tends to happen to me.
1: <laughs> I you know. I, I, I understand. Uh, there's a web cartoon series called GI low. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I follow him. Yeah. Yeah. And, he hit me up in 2017, I think, 2018, uh, 2017. And he's like, hey, do you want to make like a comic book or like a like a like an anthology collection of my stuff? And I was like, no, but I'm actually doing like a collection of my zombie books. Do you want to like write your character into my zombie apocalypse? And, you know, me and him have been tight buds ever since. Like he's um, like I'm one of the admins on the page like. And, you know, I bet, I bet you, I bet you that's how I found out
2: about it. I bet you you shared something from it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, Hey, this is hilariously funny. And I just probably followed it. I guarantee you that's probably what happened. You knowing these creators, right? Yeah. And then it's, it's almost like, uh, it, like, like me winding up over there at drinking bros, uh, their studio or um, the fact that I know um, Hogan has his podcast. A couple of, The, the number of people we run into in the military, yeah, that just go on to do amazing stuff is crazy. And I, I, for one, I love it. Right. Like I love when I see, even if it wasn't somebody like I was super close to or just, just you know, just casually knew or whatever, when I see them doing well, yeah. I'm, I love that stuff. Or when I see them trying something, it's like, man, I hope you succeed, you know, cause it's, it's just, it's just nice to see, you know?
1: Yeah. You've always been very supportive of my stuff. Like you've, like I think you've bought most of my books. You know, I've
2: got I've got them down on a bookshelf on my first floor somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Most of the stuff
1: I read now is on Kindle. That's totally fine. Uh, you know, all the the divided by zero books uh, catalog is available on Kindle as well.
2: <laughs> Funny. Oh, should... I fi- I figured it was better. You know what? Now, now I got on the line. Is it better for you? If people buy on Kindle, or is it better for you if people buy the
1: physical books? Oh hell, man! I I, I I'm happy. With whoever buys whatever they you. Know, if, if someone pays me for my art, I'm ecstatic. No, um, fair enough. Fair enough. Just, of, you you know, just one of those weird things that you think about. I like, yeah,
2: I wonder. I mean, you're going to get screwed either way. Because you're not the big corporation, but which way screws
1: you less? Yeah, you, you know, I don't even look at it that way. I look at it like, you know, um, I I kind of assume, like, if you asked me at 18, "Hey, you're gonna be like a host of a radio show and have like books published and friends with blah blah blah," I'd be like, "No, you're probably gonna be dead." <laughs> like, <laughs> I just assume I'd be dead by now.
2: <laughs> like, and... oh no, no I'm, I'm with you on that. The amount the amount I drink and riding motorcycles, and the people I hang out with, it's amazing I'm as well-adjusted as I am.
1: <laughs> you seem like you're doing really well.
2: Oh, You know, I I do okay. Yeah. You know, just doing, you know, chugging along, doing my thing, living the American dream until, yeah. I, finally get, until I finally go into a box. Hopefully, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll still be in debt when that happens, but you know, that's,
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am... Um... I, I, I keep my life very, very, very... I, I did something recently where I I never do this. Right. And it's not because we don't have the money. It's just because... Oh, did you spoil my,
2: yourself? Tell me. Tell me all about it. A little
1: bit. It. Yeah. Tell me all about it. And it's more like I remember having $11. Right. Mm. And six of them were laundry quarters <laughs> and a case of MREs and half a tank of gas. <laughs> like, I remember what rock bottom tastes like. And yeah. it, it tastes like, tastes like desperation and despair. And, and we're far, far away from that now. But that's always like, oh, in my head, I'm like, you know, that's always six months away. Right. Like that's six months of bad decisions you can get yourself. You're not that far. Oh, yeah. But so. At the time of recording, it's early uh, November 2021. And Tim Dillon actually came into Indianapolis. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do a thing by myself without my wife. And like, it was, I was like, oh, I guess I can just, I guess I can just like do this and do nice things for myself. And so you got kids, right? How many? Tell me about your kids. Oh, I've got, uh, I've got two boys. Yeah. I got, uh,
2: You're going to to love this, though. You're going to love this. So I have Joseph Edward. Yeah. And I have James Tiberius. Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. you named your kid after Kirk.
2: And the funniest thing in the world is that I actually did not have to convince my wife that hard to do it. (laughs) Because we're sitting there and we're talking about kid names. And she's like, well, what do you, you know, do you have any boy names that you like? I was like, oh, yeah, I already know. What I already got a point in, I already got it. She's like, and she's like, what? And I was like, well, you know, you know, James Tiberius Kirk, right? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, well, when you say James Tiberius Kirk, then you say James Tiberius Mertz, the the phonetics kind of line up, it sings. And she looked at me, and I know she wanted to be mad, but she couldn't because she's totally down for some nerdy stuff and it sounded good. And she's like, I kinda low key hate you right now, but we might have that's gonna go on the short list. That's gonna go on the short list.
1: <laughs> well done, sir. Well done.
2: But I, yeah, so I've got uh, I've got twin boys. They're uh they're two and a half. Yeah. And they're 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 just great. Yeah. Somehow they're somehow they're just cute as can be.
1: How long have you been married? Oh God! What century is this? Um, I don't even know anymore. It's the, the pandemic's been going on for twenty five years.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. But no, no. So we've been uh, we've been let's see, we've been together since two thousand thirteen, and we got married in two thousand sixteen. You might need to edit this out because she's going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fine. Uh, uh, future, future Lester will edit this out. That's fine. Future Lester is gonna leave this in because he thinks it's funny, and I'm fine with that.
1: I mean, <laughs> she might get the director's cut. But
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no. So yeah, we've been um we've married since then, and then uh just you know, just living the dream here in Texas.
1: That's it, awesome.
2: Well, you know, and the funny thing too was I was so against uh, you know, I, I liked when we were here in at San Antonio, I, I don't live in San Antonio, I live just north of Houston. But you know it was the first time I'd been in Texas and I I liked Texas I was like you know what the people are actually really nice it's you know there's, it's a nice place you know, I, you know. I, I was cool with it but when um when we both got out of the army because she was in the Army too she was also a medic um and I have a met funny her, oh no you have I, you have not met her but I have a funny story about how we met that is gonna make you laugh Please but, do. Uh, let me let me type this one up roll this one up real quick watchun chewing. Yeah. So um, when you enlist from Texas, you get the Hazelwood Act on top of the GI Bill. So I was like, you get better education benefits in Texas. I get the same ones I'll get there as I would in Massachusetts. So I'll tell you what, once you're out, we'll go to Texas. You can go through your doctorate in Texas. It's fine. Um, But when we're doctorate, you say, well, it'll the, the, the Hazelwood Act will pay you through a doctorate she's not going if you wanted to do it i was um, gonna say
1: my wife's got a master's degree and i get it like when you marry somebody who's smarter than you and you're like yes i can mow the yeah, lawn yeah. it's Go, fine best.
2: do your thing do your thing yeah. but i told her like, look, when you're done we're gonna move back to massachusetts yeah and then it did not take me very long here to realize there's no state income tax houses cost like i don't know a hundred thousand dollars less <laughs> um the job market was is great. It's still really good down here, Yeah. and I don't have to shovel snow, and I can ride a motorcycle year round. So
1: I'll fly right to see right. my family at, uh, at Christmas time. So <laughs> You're like, you know, I love them, but I love not seeing snow almost as much, if not more.
2: Oh, yeah. So literally just the two, three weeks around Christmas time is the only time I miss snow because it gets you in the Christmas spirit. But otherwise, hit it with a flamethrower. Like, no, I'm not shoveling shit.
1: You know, Elon Um, Musk is out there. It's fine.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, so funny story about how we met is um, so when I uh, when I went because I double tapped and I went to to Charlie Company. And when I was in Charlie Company, um, that's right. Oh yeah. 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 I'm the easiest test. Cause I, cause I don't know if you remember this. I, I don't, I can't, were you the one that came with me to the hospital? I can't remember who that was now. It, might, it was either you or it might've been Marty. Um, but we, we took the final and I wasn't feeling right that whole day. And we took the final, I walked down onto the footprint and I just collapsed on how far,
1: how far into the school were we?
2: Oh, uh, it was the final exam before we went to whiskey side.
1: Got it. Okay. The really
2: easy one that everyone passes so I, I was completely dehydrated. I had altered mental status. I collapsed on the, on the thing. They took me to the hospital, <laughs> hooked me up to IVs and they're like, why didn't you drink water? I was like, I wasn't thirsty. I don't know what was going on, man. I felt fine. And, <laughs> and then the, uh, when the instructor was like, why didn't you tell us that you didn't feel right? I was like, I don't know. Cause I was so dehydrated. I had altered mental status and I didn't know I didn't feel fine. So anyways, so then the next day after I'm out of the hospital, they had me retake the test. <laughs> and I fail it again by one point. Yeah. yeah. And then go to Charlie Company. Long story short, I got like a 98 on it there and I was fine the rest of the way to medical school. Yeah, you recovered system. from your heat exhaustion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so because I went to Charlie Company, I met new people there, right? Sure. And then um, I forgot one you of-
1: didn't finish out with us in, in, in oh. Bravo Company.
2: Oh, yeah. It was really weird. And then, but the- so anyway, so one of the guys I was friends with in Charlie Company double tapped. Mm hmm. But we, we were friends on Facebook. Flash forward like three freaking years. Wow. And I'm in Fort Riley. And my wife was friends with him because he dropped to her company. Sure. And she's in Korea. And anyways, we quasi knew each other from like Facebook posts, right? Because, you know, yeah. commenting on his our mutual friend stuff, right? Yeah. Well, one day she posts up that she's going to Fort Riley in Kansas. And he okay. commented on it. So I saw it because he commented on it. And so I messaged her. I was like, hey, and this is she loves to make fun of me for this. But I messaged her. I was like, hey, listen, I'm not trying to be a creeper, but I'm stationed at Fort Riley. If there's anything you need to know, like where to stay away from, where to go, all this other stuff, just let me know. And she messaged me back. And she's like, OK, first of all, you're 100 percent a creep. <laughs> you're totally a creeper that is what is going on right now (laughs) But my grandfather lives in manhattan and i've been there like every summer when i was a kid so i know all this stuff so then we just started talking back and forth back and forth back and forth bold move cotton (laughs) And, and you know what totally worked so now flash forward a couple more months and she lands in like seattle right and she shot me a text like hey dude guess what i'm in the states i was like hey congratulations i'm down at this car dealership with my, with my car door pulled apart. Cause I had a, I had a WS6 Trans Am and I was getting like a new window motor pulled in and whatever. Right. Sure. And then her mom calls me like <laughs> 15 minutes later. <laughs> and I was just like, I didn't recognize the number, but it was, you know, I answered it. And she's like, Hey, how soon can you be at the Kansas city airport? And it, this is a Friday. And I was just like, we had a, we had a 96 that weekend. Sure. And I was just like, um I don't know, like, couple hours like if you want to come to Houston, Texas, get to the airport. There's a ticket waiting for you because her mom worked for the airline so it didn't cost anything. Oh shit. I had I had my door put together and I was gone. I didn't I didn't I went back to the barracks. I threw a pair of underwear and a pair of socks into a bag and I was gone.
0: <laughs> and
2: just showed up down in Texas. And I was like hey what's going on? <laughs> It was really, it was really funny. And then, you know, she, she got, came out to Riley we started dating and now we have massive amounts of debt together and two kids. I mean, and two
1: dogs. there you go. It sounds like, you, it sounds like you guys rode off into the sunset together. That's awesome, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she totally settled too. She totally settled. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? We're like, like, like I, like when I was a kid, like I remember my, so we're in this double white trailer and. My dad's trying to like screw it together, but it's like downpouring. It's like, like if there is, cause we're right off the Lake Michigan shore. So sometimes we would catch the weather Mm. off that. And then like, he's just soaked and he's, he, I'm trying to like screw it together and he's holding it in from the outside. He's like, bro, I'm fucking drowning out here. I need you to hurry this shit up. (laughs) We're trying to put the doors to the house together. So the outside doesn't come meet us inside. Right. And um, okay, so I kind of have a similar story, but I didn't mean to love my life this way. I just was a heat casualty. Um, so I was out with a bunch of grunts once, right? And I thought, oh, I passed my PT test with like a 206. I'll be fine. <laughs> I
2: already know where this is going, but please continue.
1: <laughs> I thought, oh. Because it used to be like a 181 gets it done sort of guy.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You exceeded the standard at 181.
1: Yeah. That was what I told people. (laughs) I was an NCO. They're like, you can't say that to fucking Joes anymore, man. It's not funny like you think it is. And so I'm out there with these grunts. And then, like, I didn't eat all my MRE. And then Mm -hmm. I'm leaning against this wall. And then you kind of, like, the world kind of, like, goes to the left about 35 degrees and I'm like, Oh, and then there was two people far to my left speaking. And I thought they were talking to me. And then I realized, Oh, they're a hundred meters away. <laughs> <laughs> and then this kid rolls up and the infantry units all formed up, ready to fucking go. And He's like, hey, Doc, we got to go. And I'm like, I grabbed this kid. I'm like, buddy, I'm starting to fucking unspool right now. So I'm going to need you to grab the other fucking medic. <laughs> and then he's going to need to figure some shit out because Doc's about to go bye-bye here in a second. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> like, and so what it was, it was like, oh, I remember what it was. So we're all thrown out on this fucking line, right? And then we hear medic. And then we're in the middle with the first sergeant. We're strung out along the wood line. And so me and the kid, there's this kid I'm out there with, split up. And he goes left, I go right. Turns out it was left, so I went right and then left. And then we were pulling people out of the woods and calling for evacs and stuff. Because you get a bunch of people out in the woods who aren't super great shape in the middle of the heat with full kit, <laughs> and they drop like flies. Surprisingly enough. And so we had four people drop, and then... Me being Doc's so all like, Haha. and then I was number five because you know <laughs> I only had about like two saves in me that day, right? And so I'm on the ground, and I can kind of when your brain cooks a little bit from the inside, it's even scarier when you have a little bit of medical knowledge. You're not that mm-hmm. smart, but yeah, because you're like, you're like, I know what's happening. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> you're like, I wonder. I wonder how bad this is going to be. And I knew of the examples of people who had this happen to them that kind of had the left side facial droop and they yep. spoke like this afterward. And so, you know, like the kid, the kid, he was like an E4, but he tries to give me an IV and then it doesn't work. And then there's this staff sergeant who came from the 101st. And I'm like, oh, this guy fucking knows how to give me an IV. So he hooks the needle to the tube to the bag and then yeah and then tries to stick me i can see the look on your face it's <laughs> so i mean it's been a long time since i've given one but that, that no 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 that's that's the opposite order we, it's supposed we, we to be skip, needle not, goes skip, in we, arm and then tube and then bag. maybe you put the bag and the tube together but the needle and the you had, yeah you to put yeah the no the yeah that's and so my veins are torn to shit and then uh, basically the the medevac, the crew that I had sent out to drop the patients off to the BAS, they come back and they're like, oh shit, Doc's he's down too, look at this fat ass idiot (laughs) (laughs) They, they put me in the back of a fucking FLA and I'm unspooling, but I have the presence of mind to hand off my nine millimeter to one of the junior medics. I'm like, Hey, bud, you're going to want to take this. <laughs> I don't know how bad this is going to be for me. Cause I've seen people like ultra, oh, yes. like freak yeah, out You go, you're gone. They run to the wood line and they've got weapons and then you're just chasing after them. Right. And then they think they're being attacked and they have guns. <laughs> like,
2: oh yeah, it can it, it can definitely be a, a crazy shit show. But you know, what? it's working out with like the the infantry It's always fun. Like, like, let me tell you how I became the. Uh, we're, we're, one, real, one, real, oh, real
1: Quick. This gets so much better. There's a. Oh, fun oh, there's more.
2: Oh, give it to me. Give it all to me. There's give a
1: great day to monitor of this. So long story short, we get to the PA. The PA sticks me, and they're like, the PA is like, wow, this guy's a fucking fat ass idiot. And everyone's like, yeah, but he tries. So <laughs> and so, it, a couple of days later, I'm talking to the first sergeant of the infantry company I was out with, and it turns out I was a part. I was the subject of an after-action review <laughs> for a brigade-level briefing of what not to do. Right? It's <laughs> so Ooh. because we had these OCs that were grading us, and so when I'm all like fucking unspooling, and oh, going you to- at, were uh, <laughs> you at JRTC? No, we were in Indiana. Like, we oh. like we just had, but they are still, like, looking at us. And so, again, when all this is going on, when all, all of the melodrama and no one knows how to do an IV, and, a, and these guys are just, like, they got their cell phones out, and they're just filming me, right? <laughs> they're just filming the whole thing. It's so, and then, like, there's a video of me somewhere. At a brigade after action review around 2016, we are like, hey, why are non-medical personnel giving IVs in the field? And they're like, well, the medic on ground directed them to. And they're like, that fucking guy, that guy right there in the video, you're listening to him. (laughs) And I'm like, that's fair. Like, why were you listening to me?
2: (laughs) And ladies and gentlemen, directly after that, in the fall of 2017, CLS was no longer allowed to give IVs to anyone. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was used to operating on my own, and I just was like, oh, this might work. It's on me. So if I die, no one else is responsible. Yeah, What's well,
2: the worst that can happen?
1: Oh, yeah. Anyway. No,
2: so, oh, yeah, no, I was just saying. so funny story about how, um, so this is how I became the, the medic for the mortar platoon yeah. for our battalion is, uh, so 1st Brigade, 1st ID hadn't really existed for a couple years. Like, they yeah. were training MIT teams to go to Iraq. So the companies and the the battalions were there, but there were very few people in there. And they were just training guys to go train the Iraqi army. So around 2010, 2009, 2010, right when we were getting out of medic school, they were fleshing everything back out again, right? It was going to become a heavy combat brigade. So we get there, and there's hardly anybody there. And there's people just coming in dribs, drabs, dribs, drabs, or whatever. So I get there. And the mortar platoon guys are decided, to, like, EIB is coming up, and we need something to go with these dudes. And the platoon sergeant at the time, Sergeant Kirk, great dude. He was like, hey, you were in the Marine Corps, right? I was like, yeah, you can go with them. <laughs> Tosses <laughs> me an aid bag. Never never seen this aid bag before in my life. So you, well, it was were, not like just, a
1: black... You were fresh out of medic school, right?
2: Dude, I had been, been at Riley for, like, two weeks.
1: Okay, so you didn't know anything. You, you were yeah.
2: brand new. Got it yeah so he but he's just like hey you were in the core you look like you're in shape you can, real, you real
1: quick for our listeners reference if you've been a medic for two weeks you know just enough to make if there's somebody. an nco who's half awake you can listen to what he says and understand the words he's using that's all yeah. you know yeah
2: pretty much pretty much
1: so anyway so he tosses me this aid bag and
2: i made a couple IV kits up because we we're going on the the rough part of it yeah anyway so he tosses me the a bag. I throw it on. It's not the cool stomp two one. It was that little shitty modular one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, they give me that. And so we're out and we're rocking. And their platoon sergeant, Sergeant Rod, comes up to me. And he's like, hey, doc, what's that thing on the side there that says CT6? Now, I may not be an experienced medic. But this is my second go around in the military. And I know if I tell this man, I have no fucking idea what this is. I'm going to be in a bad way. So I start telling him, well, sergeant. CT-6, that's a field expedient suction device. What happens is if you get maxillofacial trauma, like your teeth all pushed in, losing, missing your jawbone, I can literally suction all this stuff out so I can maintain your airway. And I go on, like, I'm talking 10, 15 minutes talking about how beneficial this is that I have this and know how to use it. He's like, God damn right, doc. That's awesome. What a glad to know you're out here with us and all this other stuff, right? We get back. He goes right up to Sergeant Kirk and says, and I, I kept up with him the whole way and did like, you know, the EIB rock. And he's like, that's my medic. That dude is my medic with our platoon. I don't care what you say. I want him. And Sergeant Kerr's like, yeah, sure. You can have him. He can be your medic. He's like, all right, cool. Whatever, man. Go to my car. Open the trunk. Open the CT6. Oh, fuck me. It's a traction split.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's really good.
2: True story. And I was their medic for like two and a half fucking years.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know...
2: I hey, ladies and gentlemen, I got better. Yeah. I got better. I learned my
1: stuff. I, you know, I, I, yeah, I, and I, I think I told this on a previous episode. Um, you know, I get out of mega school and I go to Iraq seven, eight weeks later, and then I'm sent out with everybody, and then I'm wandering Kuwait looking for like an aid bag and supplies like Moses lost in the <laughs> desert. But like, I, I had a really for me, Iraq was pretty calm. Like it was, I always tell everybody it was closer to scrubs than mash, right? It, it wasn't exactly hacksaw ridge, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, g- give me if I can pause this for
2: 45 seconds, I'll be right back. Okay, now you yeah, can edit.
1: i get some more water. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit this whole thing. Look at us be on the same P schedule.
2: Man, that is the best thing ever. You know? It's like, it's like we got one bladder, man. We're like in sync. It's great. <laughs> Hold
1: on a second. So, when, when I had Raj on, he was fucking this idiot. <laughs> like, he's I, like I he, he's talking to me through his phone on a Zoom link and shit. And this is definitely staying in. And um, he was like, like I could see the background change. He's walking around, and I'm like, "Oh, there's tiles in the background." He's looking at me, and I'm like, "And I hear this." <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker! Oh god, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to know he hasn't changed. Mm. Um, and uh, fuck, where were we? Um,
2: so you had just mentioned about your deployment. And I was going to tell you something about mine.
1: Oh, yeah. Tell me about your deployment.
2: Uh, so, mine actually was... It was, like, mentally weird for, yeah. like, just because... So, what happened was our brigade command team failed NTC. Oh, that's not good. All the battalions passed. Oh. What happened was they, they chopped the battalions to other brigades. So, yeah. we actually went with 3rd Brigade, 10th Mount. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, but our mortar platoon, platoon that I was the medic for, they had actually gone to Third Brigade First ID, mm-hmm. but they weren't M toed medic. It's one of those weird things where like mortar platoon always has a medic, but they're not actually M toed one. Sure. So when they went to Third Brigade, I couldn't go with them. Oh, that's uh, so. Oh, dude, I was so I actually tried to become a mortarman. We, um, I went to I went to Lieutenant Juan Settler and Sergeant Brown. I was like, guys, um, this is going to be really stupid but I want to go with you guys. Can I go as an 11 Charlie? And I was in field artillery when I was in the corps, So I knew how to use the column meter and the aiming stake. And I'd fired the motors all the time with them just because, Hey, we're out in the field. Let's have some fun, right? Doc's going to fire the motors. Yeah. And they actually, to, to their credit, they tried to make it happen. And the only thing, the only reason why it didn't happen is because I would have had to have done a live fire to be able to be uh, on the job, trained, to like be qualified to do it, sure, and there wasn't enough time to do it, sure. So anyway, so they go to the third brigade. I can't go with them. I'm not happy. You know, I was kind of, I kind, I was kind of in my own head and being a piece of shit for a little bit. But anyways, long story short, we're you know, then we come down on orders and everyone else is going to go, so we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the all the companies and platoons have their medics. So Sergeant Kirk comes to me and he's like, "Hey, um, we've got four E sixes, and." you're going to run the aid station on Capital. oh shit I was like, huh he's like yeah no you're you're going to go and that's what you're going to do i was like what well, right at well, this, is this point uh i was an e4 oh no I was, shit i was a specialist <laughs> it, this is an e5p slash e6 slot and I, I i ripped out with an e6 and when i got there he's like where's the uh where's your ncl i was like bro i'm it I was like, it's gonna be me it's gonna be me, a captain, and I got I got a couple I got a private. Like this is this this is what you're getting. <laughs> but um anyways, it was just it was really weird because it gave me this really cool this really cool ability to almost do what I wanted to do. Yeah. I had a lot of autonomy because you know, we're we're not at the main file, we're on this little cop with Charlie Company. Great yeah. dude had an awesome first sergeant um really cool commander who used to be an f-14 pilot before f-14s got reduced and then he became an enlisted man as an infantry guy and then he went to ocs again like crazy awesome guy um anyway um but so i'm there and so i'm running the aid station and it's really weird because it's like i spell the platoon medics right like hey you guys come to the aid station for a day the cat, You know, Captain Richards is here. He's not going to let you kill anybody. You're medics. You know what to do. It's just an aid station. You're just not on the ground. And I'll go patrol today. And so, like, when I wanted to go out and patrol, dude, let's go. Like, oh, we're going to go do an air assault? But <laughs> I'm in. And that turned into one of the scariest things I've ever done in my entire life. But it was Can totally weird. Can you talk um, about it? Oh, yeah, sure. So, um, you know what? Let me tell a funny story, and then I'll tell that story. Go ahead. But anyway, so Sergeant Hogan is the S-6 NCO. Sure. A great friend of mine. So he comes out to Capital and I'm sitting there and I was like, Hey, how about I do a little drug deal with you? And he's like, what you, what you got doc? I was like, when we get back to Can, when we get back to, to Fort Riley, I will take you and your wife out for the most expensive steak dinner you want. And he's like, well, what do you want? I was like, I want you to go over there and run me cat five cable from the action hardline internet me from my aid station to the satellite dish, so I can have a better in- internet signal, so I can play World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I will a hundred percent do that." So he goes and does that. I send a letter, or a letter, sorry, I send an email <clears throat> to a friend of mine, and I have him download the Wow WTF file onto a thumb drive and mail it to me because I <laughs> think. 20 gigs
0: yeah
2: you know how it is even with the fastest internet over there you're not downloading 20 gigs in like a month right yeah. so i get the thumb drive plug it in my computer copy that folder over boom i am playing world of warcraft in afghanistan in a level one aid station tent on <laughs> a cop with a hundred people in it
1: i tell you war is hell man <laughs>
2: dude i'm the biggest pogue ever first starting first starting comes in one day and i'm sitting there and i and he sees my mouse boom he's like doc what the fuck are you doing i was like playing world of warcraft first starting, what you doing and he's like, I'm standing here wondering why I don't have you outside painting rocks. And I was like, well, first sergeant, you tell me to go paint rocks. I'm going to go paint rocks. But when somebody comes in here, shot the shit, and they die, and they ask me why I didn't treat them. I say, like, because first sergeant <laughs> had me painting rocks. It's like, fuck you, doc. Give me an IV. All right, you got it. That's what <laughs> I fucking thought. <laughs> and, and boom, hook them up with an IV right there. But um, oh, God. Oh, so the, the aerosol mission, that sucked. So it was yeah. my very first one. We did a whole bunch of these. Because somebody, yeah. so somebody, we, uh, we were in RC South and there were some areas that it was just really bad to get to because just there were just IEDs freaking everywhere. Sure. Um, so we, so someone's like, Hey, let's just get Chinooks. We're an armor battalion that doesn't have tanks. Cause yeah. why would we be able to bring the tanks that we trained with? Um, <laughs> for the Bradley's we got Matt V's that no one knew how to use when we got there. That was smart. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we load up on these Chinooks. Poop, we're going out. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go like, you know, th- th- this will be fun. Yeah. And, Um, so we do our thing out there and, and whatever. And then it's, uh, it's nighttime. The Chinooks are coming back to take us out. Right. And there was a guy to my right. He was right there. Uh Uh-oh. And then he wasn't there anymore. That's not good. And then no one was there and I couldn't see anything with all the dust. And for about 60 seconds, I was like, I'm about to get left in the middle of Afghanistan. I don't know which way to walk. I don't know where anyone else is. I can't see none of the birds had their, none of their, nothing was flashing on them, right? They came in black. And I was just like, I'm okay. Um, Birds, you're too white.
1: You're so white. You can't go to Afghanistan.
2: (laughs) In 60 seconds, I went through the panic. That way's north. I have like seventy rounds of ammo left, and I'm just gonna walk that direction. And then the crew chief came out, snagged me, and pulled me into the helo. And I was like, "Bro, you just saved my life!" Like Fuck. I, this whole gambit of, "I'm fucked. I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna walk out. I'll be all right. I know I which do way not. No, I two. Go. <laughs> And like, like I'm gonna take anybody down who gets in front of me and. I'll just do my thing. And it was a crazy, was like, I know it's only 60 seconds, but for that 60 seconds, I was like, holy shit,
1: like, I really fucked up and I'm going to die. I, um, you, you know, I, and and this is, I, I have a, and similar- then we went up and
2: did like a hundred more of those things because some asshole told our battalion commander, like, hey, because we, we did like three of them or four. Sure. Them, and someone was like, hey, man, you know, for actual reasons, like, there were reasons to do those four. And someone was like, hey, you know, sir. If we only do like 115 more of these, we'll have the record in Afghanistan for like the most air assaults by a non-aerosol unit. <laughs> I mean, if you're a lieutenant colonel who wants to make colonel, that's a nice bullet on your fit rep, right? That's so like you get a we, silver we, star
1: with V device on your, oh, on your, on your fucking like OER, man.
2: We did air assaults every week. No, I didn't because I said, fuck that. Yeah, um,
1: that's the uh, thing that I, I went on a couple of them. Um, this is there's,
2: there's actually, uh, if you go on my Facebook, there's this really funny photo of me and our, our psyops sergeant, uh, my PA, and a couple other dudes, and we we're playing Settlers of Catan in the middle of this dude's yard yeah. that we kicked out of his house because we were on a we were on an assault mission, and we had broken down the board and took it in our packs <laughs> so we could play it while we were out on a mission. <laughs> that's funny Oh, it was hilarious It was hilarious Good times I, so, We had, like I say, we had, we had some shitty times During that um During that deployment And we did lose some people And But sucks. I like to I'd more like to talk about Like the, the good fun stuff That we did You know what I mean? Like there is yeah. always There's always something weird Funny going on sometimes And like that, That's what I like to focus on
1: Exactly I, And it sucks You guys lost people, man It really
2: does Yeah, it was it was yeah, I don't like to talk about it much, but it was brutal and they were really
1: good guys. That's I'm sure they were. I I have I have a story that's kind of similar but almost entirely different. I'd love to um, hear it. So, this was and I thought this was going to be the craziest thing that happened to me in all of 2020. This was January, maybe February, right? Probably late January, early February. So, I inherit this Moving van, right? Okay. It's a twenty-five year old van, but the family's like, like, oh, well, we've they take the brakes, and they had the mechanic look at and everything. They did their due diligence when in, when giving it to us. So I'm driving it from Lowe's back to my house, and everything's good with all the traffic, right? With all the big intersections, and then I remember I'm maybe thirty seconds, maybe forty-five from my house, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going 30 40 miles an hour there's two lanes of traffic going north, two lanes going south. And so I'm going north. I'm in the left lane. On the Mm -hmm. oncoming southbound lane, There's an ambulance with lights and sirens going. The truck in front of me to my right pulls over to the side like you're supposed to. So I start to push down on the brakes to do such a thing. And then my foot goes all the way to the bottom (sighs) with no resistance. And so... Uh, I realized, oh, the brakes are out, and I'm in a giant metal tank of a van, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and so I managed to squeeze in between a parked truck and an oncoming ambulance, right? <laughs> like, in real time, and there wasn't more than a foot or two on either side, right? It was, kinda, it was closer than I would have liked, and... So luckily there wasn't any traffic in front of me. Right. I had the, 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 the way the road. So just enough time to panic really. Yeah. And so I, and I tell the story to the people are like, Oh, you were in the army. You knew what you're doing. I was like, no, I mostly screamed. Oh my God, I'm going to die (laughs) and I'm going to take people with me. And so I get to my street. Right. And I was going maybe 25 and I decided to, and I managed to turn the van onto the road, making a right without flipping the damn thing, which I almost did. And I thought about going down my, you know, like my cul-de-sac, but also there's a bunch of kids there and I'm like, I'm not trying to kill 15, like 12 year olds or anything. And so luckily there is an empty lot. That's maybe a quarter acre. Like a couple blocks from my house. And so there's no, I'm honking the horn the whole time, just screaming, crying, panicking, right? It's not my manliest moment. <laughs> and, and then I get into this empty lot and I'm doing donuts, bleeding off speed until it rolls to a stop. And I call my wife and I'm like, the brakes on the van were out. And I, I'm okay. I didn't, I didn't kill anybody, but I thought I was gonna die. Right? It wasn't. It wasn't, I but Did even, you
2: lose? Did you lose the master cylinder?
1: I don't even know. I, I I don't even know. The 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 people that gave us the van were like, "Hey, do you want us to help you fix it?" And I'm like, "Let's just scrap that fucking thing. That's a demon van. That's a murder <laughs> van." Then, like, I'm not getting back. I'll take the three hundred bucks from the metal. Jesus Christ! It's so. Like and then like I'd had, hey, do you want to buy a truck? And I'm like, I don't really need vehicles from you guys anymore. Like like I had the one and I and I sat down, I'm like, listen, I know you weren't trying to kill me. But like I know no but
2: like ninety-nine point nine percent you weren't trying to kill me. But there's always that point one percent. Life
1: insurance isn't that good. (laughs) Like it's only it's it's not even what it was in the military. And you know. And and but yeah, and so that was January, February twenty twenty. And I thought this is clearly gonna be the craziest thing that happens to me <laughs> this year. <laughs> right? Like
2: on that.
1: And uh, the, so what like, you're saying is, is 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 you're the one who tempted fate. You know? And, I, and, and, and and here we are. And 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 to be clear, I know that nobody was trying to kill me and everyone well maintained the van. The van was thirty years old, so I oh, was cool just that. It was going to happen to somebody, and I was just a dumb son of a bitch who was driving it at the time. But although it's funny, a few weeks after that, and I, this will lead into your 2020 story because I'm really curious how that went. A few weeks after that, and I'm, I'm looking at my phone and I'm seeing footage of the Japanese hoarding toilet paper and rice, and this is like February, like 28 February, 2020. And I'm like, oh, Oh, that's going to be us in like three weeks. And so then I drive to the Walmart. That's a little bit away from my office. And I'm just like grabbing toilet paper and no one's hoarding. And I'm like, I'm the first.
2: <laughs> so, so here's an honest to God question for you. Mm. Honest to God question. Are my wife and I the only people? Well, I, I say my wife and I, I really mean my wife. Yeah. Is she the only person that goes to Costco and buys a six-month supply of toilet paper when it's not the pandemic. So literally, was not a worry, was not a concern at all. Oh, my God, babe, babe, everyone's buying all the toilet paper. Woman, look in our garage. Look, (laughs) I cannot fit more toilet paper, paper (laughs) towels, or for whatever. Why do we have 15 jugs of bleach? I'm going to die before (laughs) we use all of them. They were on sale. Like I get it. I get it. They were on sale. It's... Anyways, I digress. End um, of the world, man. I get it. It, it, it. No, but but here's the thing. That was before the end of the world. That oh was. Just, I'm hey. I'm in Costco. I might as well buy a six month supply of toilet paper so I don't have to buy it again. And it just happened to lock into the fact that like oh hey not an issue but like the bleach for me was the real thing like why do we have so much bleach like are you putting this in my food like because there's easier ways to kill me this just fuck with the brakes on my motorcycle like like that's all (laughs) you gotta do actually you don't gotta do that just give me a couple beers and say hey it's a nice day for a ride isn't it like you know what (laughs) i think it is let me do a shot i'm gonna go out on my bike real
1: quick like boom (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah, or, you know, I feel like bleach is part of, like, bomb-making equipment. Maybe that's where my mind when I'm like, well, clearly she's an for her.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's too ambitious for her. No, it was literally probably just, it was just on sale, but now it it's just on sale. sale. Yeah. It was
1: like 69 cents for a liter. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we were like, like, we started kind of stocking up a little bit early, right? Like, I remember, like, she's, my wife's a school teacher, and so I was already working from home, from home at that point. And then I get a phone call saying, Hey, we're sending kids home with packets. And cause we were like, I was like, okay, everything's going to shut down. Right. And I remember I'm in, I'm in RCI, like the adult Catholic school. And I'm talking to this kid and I'm like, they're going to shut down the country. <laughs> right. This is the Friday before it happened. And he's like, I'm 27. That won't happen. And I'm like, the world is closed. <laughs> Get ready! I am the ghost of Christmas future. And and again, you know, I you know I was running a little hot with anxiety for most of that year. But fucking, yeah, like I when she called me and told me that, and so I just started like hoarding. And so I've got a big cart full of stuff, and I realized, oh, the grocery store is only about 20% pick clean. And there's a lot of people and we're all looking at each other. We're like, we're the first ones. (laughs) (laughs) You
2: know, I think it's, it's kind of interesting to me. Like we were, you know, I have friends obviously everywhere, right? Like California, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Indiana, Ohio, like all over the place. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of weird hearing everybody else talk about stuff because texas was so different mm-hmm. it was it was it was shitty for like a week yeah right when they finally when, when when they finally said hey guys look everyone's gonna stay home for two weeks yeah that that like if you didn't already have your stuff yeah stuff got it got crazy right shelves yeah. getting ripped it, it was bad but then and my, my sense of time is a little weird because, like I said, for me, I never stopped working. Sure. So most things didn't really change for me all that much, yeah. um, except there wasn't a lot of traffic out. Um, oh. But I want to say, like, maybe four or five weeks in, Texas was like, bro, we're done with this bullshit. <laughs> and stuff started opening, right? And then... Yeah. Maybe not. I don't even think it was two months into it. We got to the point where like bars just started giving to go drinks. Like there's (laughs) like my favorite bar over here. They uh, they opened up. You couldn't go to the bar and sit there, but people would go and like they would be able to sell you like a bucket of beer to go, and then everyone would just chill in the parking lot and pop their cap and just sitting there drinking. Cob would roll through like, hey guys, don't get too don't get too fucked up, and then (laughs) and then take off. And then it just slowly kept building and building and building. So it's like it was this weird thing where like I had friends in Massachusetts that like, like oh my god, this is so horrible. It's like, bro, what are you like? Are you guys doing stuff? <laughs> like, because we're not. Like there's you know people were wearing masks. You know like a, like businesses like had mask mandates and all that other stuff. Which is hey, you're a private business. You can, no shirt, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Same thing, right? You, and if I don't like that, I can go find somewhere else, right? Like that is that's the way it works sure. um, and so it was just one of those weird things where it it was like a disconnect where like nobody here like after a little while nobody gave a shit yeah it was like hey you know what this is your personal responsibility you do what you feel comfortable doing sure. if you're sure. an at-risk person you should probably stay home sure. and if you're not do whatever the fuck you want to do and it just kind of just built and built and kept going. Like, like everyone else is hunkered down, worried about everything. I went and bought a brand new motorcycle <laughs> because guess what happened? everyone stopped buying shit and (laughs) Davidson was like, Oh fuck. No one's buying our motorcycles. We better drop the prices on these. And I was like, Hey, that's a really, Hey babe, that's a really good price for a road glide. (laughs) You really want one, huh? I was like, I'm just going to go test ride. one." Yeah. Yeah. And then I came home I got, I did get a good deal on that one, but I, and I I came home with a brand new, came home with a brand new to me road glide. And I was just like, I love this. And that's, and that's the other thing too, is like, you no, know, I had my motorcycle group with me, so we would just go out and ride on the weekends. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things. It was it was funny. Um, it was early on in the pandemic, and they had made like a li- somebody made a list of things that were like acceptable to go do, and riding a motorcycle was on that list. Okay. Um. I mean, yeah. I- you're like you're not in the same vehicle with everybody, so.
1: Um and and we cleaned our we, we cleaned our food or like our bags but <laughs> like, like did you ever like all so wipe down your fucking potato bags and bread bags and shit because who who the fuck knew what was going on at the time oh
2: no and, and that's the thing too is like <laughs> this was like March sense.
1: April May timeframe yeah the- yeah like
2: and all of that makes sense because when you don't know you don't know yeah. You know, and it's like, hey, you'd rather be overly cautious than not cautious enough. I so so that made sense. It was, I think, it was just one of those things, and it also seemed to be, um, and I could be wrong on this. It seemed like other parts of the country were getting hit much harder at the time. I think that's
1: that that seemed to be how it shook out because New York got like I kept reading about how paramedics in New York were like battlefield triaging people. Oh, yeah, but like here in Indiana. I remember somebody's,
2: and I can't, I just can't remember where I heard this from. Yeah. But essentially, it was the seasons, like when it's cold in one place and hot in the other, like it just happened to be like how we were congregating. So like yeah. when the Northeast is going to get it, the South really isn't. And when the South is going to get it, the Northeast and Northwest aren't going to get is it. it's, it's obviously I am not a doctor. It just, it seems like the waves come like that. And it was just that time where everyone was like, we we locked down and nothing was happening, and everyone was like, man, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, just, I think we're going to be Texas, okay. Baby. We're just going to do our own thing, and we we give zero fucks. I, and I that's, that's honestly, what I always
1: liked about Texas. Yeah, it's great.
2: It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And even even the stupid shit that happens, I low key, I'm kind of in for it because it's fun. Yeah. And I know yeah. that probably makes me a horrible person. But sometimes it's just great to watch the dumbest shit in the world happen because someone wants to be like,
1: eh, it'll be funny. So uh, for us here, right, like like I've got a family member that's over 60, morbidly obese, who had a heart attack and a stroke. Oh, probably someone who doesn't need to get COVID. I, I stayed away from that family member until everybody was vaccinated, basically. I saw people, right, but also, like, I... I assume my own magnificent ignorance in most things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I found in my life, the older I get, the more successful I become. If I assume I'm profoundly stupid, I'm typically correct. Like, it's the it's my guiding star is my own, you know, stupidity, and so I'm like, oh, I'll just stay because, like, like oh, I, everything can be ordered, and I was like one of those fucking. Like, the wife was working from home. I'm working from home, you know. And we're just, like, ordering everything, right? But also, too, it's – I can see where – I can really see where, like, if there's this mass hysteria going on online, but mm. in person, everything's just kind of fine. Like, there's not, you know, bodies in the – I mean, in, in some parts of the world – there kind of were, but in America, not really, right? Everything kind of worked out for the best here. And I could see where, because I always, I kind of went on, I probably wouldn't fit into the Texas mindset too much on COVID, we'll say, right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm apolitical. And the fact oh, that this became it's, political. Here's the thing though,
2: you totally would because no, like, Nobody who like there are people in Texas right now, yeah, walking around and they're wearing masks, right? Yeah, I mean I don't wear a mask hey. anymore since we're vaccinated. But... Oh no, but but what I mean though, like there's people doing it, right? No one's giving them a hard time. Yeah, there are, there are businesses that if you come into my business, I want you to wear a mask. Yeah, no one's giving them a hard time because that's your personal choice, and and, and then and then I'll either put on my mask because I want to I want what you got. Yeah, or I'm gonna bounce, but nobody, no one fights about it. It's kind of oh, got it. Boom! Yeah, crazy thing. Got it. The Karens are all on TikTok, country, everywhere else in the country doing, um, doing like uh, more stricter gun control kind of stuff, right? In Texas, you no longer need a permit for <laughs> anything, there's now a constitutional carry state. You want a gun. Walk into a gun store, hand them your driver's license, they run it through the background check system. You know, yeah. Like, like nothing pops. Here's your gun. And you can carry and, it openly, carry
1: it concealed, do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Boom, done. And, and my thinking on that was like, because this became politicized, which is remarkably stupid. And I'm so. Oh, over- dude. I was so, I was so mad. I, like, I, I don't, don't, I don't get
2: into it very much, you know, because personal things like i can disagree with someone about something and i can have an intelligent conversation and at the end of the day we might still disagree yeah but that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make me a bad person
1: and we probably don't
2: like i don't probably want to get to the same place we might want to take different roads to get there
1: that's yes like i i'm taking the left at albuquerque you're going right but guess what we're both going to freaking albuquerque right exactly and and i Kind of, (laughs) I, 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 they're in the, if you look at it through the political lens, the people that took it more seriously tend to be liberal, right? I would not describe myself as a liberal. When? What's that? Depending on when you're talking about, right? Okay. Because
2: one thing I do like, see, here's my problem, right? I like being the contrarian. Sure. So if you're a liberal friend of mine, Mm-hmm. I'll probably I'll probably like throw like conservative talking points or Dorf. libertarian talking points at you, right? Dorf. But if you're a conservative friend of mine, I'm like left of Karl Marx and I'm fucking with you that way <laughs> cuz I just I enjoy like if you can't debate your belief, yeah, then you don't have a belief and that's a problem. You have a dogma. Um, exactly. But it's like um when when it first started, like not even really a thing yet. Yeah. And, um, and Trump was like, Hey, we're going to shut down flights from these countries. You had Nancy Pelosi in Chinatown (laughs) saying Trump is a racist. This is because he (laughs) hates Asian people. Everything's fine. Everyone come out and have a party. (laughs) Guess what? He was right. You were wrong. Now he made his own errors and he, you know, let's, let's not like, let's not sugarcoat
1: the, I, I, I am, I'm a, it, a vote libertarian almost every time. Yeah, exactly. But same here. But let's also not ignore that you
2: don't want anyone to think about this. And for whatever reason, no one talks about that. It's like, hey, can't we just say you're both kind of effed up and this is a problem?
1: I mean, everybody was really interested in Andrew Cuomo's. Oh my, I told yeah, I told <laughs> dude, when,
2: dude, you literally forced nursing homes to take COVID patients. And then had massive number of people in nursing homes die. I wonder why. But that alone, that didn't even stop the guy. It literally had to be that he was getting handsy. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Like, and and, the- and I like to try to be really consistent on this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if I agree. Like, I don't want to say like a politician because po- I'm a big believer in an uh, APAC. All politicians are cunts. Yes. Um, but they're not gods. Yeah. Right. If, if you have, if you're, if you're a rep, like, like my, my congressman is Dan Crenshaw. I actually really like him. I've met him a couple times. You met Dan oh, Crenshaw? No, no. So met. Handshake. Nice to meet you. Got it. I see on your vest, you've got a CMB and an EGA. How do you have both of those? Oh, I was in the army and the Marine Corps. Oh, cool. Nice to meet you. Blah, 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 blah. hand. That's it. He just happens to be my congressman. Um, I And on a lot of his stuff, Yeah, I can agree with him on. And on some of his stuff, I don't agree with him on And I have no problem saying that because you know why? My identity doesn't revolve around who my congressman is. Mm -hmm. My identity doesn't revolve around the fact that I might have voted for this person. And you know what? Maybe they do 80% of the stuff I like Mm -hmm. and 20% of what they do that I don't like. I have no problem saying nope. And if they do something that you don't like and you want to ask me why I still support them, I have no problem saying, like, hey, look, you know what? This X factor is bad, and I agree with you. However, this other stuff outweighs that X factor to me. Please explain to me why it shouldn't. And if you can change my mind, I'll vote for somebody else. And I I don't think anyone should be in politics for a very long time. It's a problem. Like, who's going to spend a couple million dollars to get a job that pays you $120,000 a year? A crook. Yeah. Like, and... And I'm even willing to give these people the benefit of the doubt that they they, they get into it for the best reasons. And then they – it's like us joining the Army, right? You go in as a private thinking you're going to be the sergeant major of the Army and you're going to change all this stuff. Oh, I didn't want to be homeless, Dan. <laughs> uh, but, but, but you – fair enough, fair enough. But what <laughs> I mean, though, is as you go up the rank structure, you realize there is a reason – that certain NCO levels act the way they act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's other pressures on them. It's like, it's not that they want to be this way. It's like, Hey, look to make this function. We have to be this way. It's kind of like, um, I can't remember where I read this. Um, Cause it's not my idea, mm. but a politician uses morals the same way or morals and ideals the same way that a soldier uses bullets or a commander uses the lives of his men. They may not want to expend them, but to get what they need, eventually they will. So you maybe give yourself whatever position you want. Eventually, you have to give up something else to get it. Sure. And that's how the sausage is made. And no one likes that. And now we're just so polarized as a country. It's, it's horrible to see. Like, I, I got I to gotta believe, like, because I love my country. Like, call me naive if you want. But uh, this is the best country on the face of the planet.
0: Same.
2: But I got to believe, like, we, whether you are left or right, you probably agree on 80%
1: of things. Why don't we work on that 80%, man? And let's (laughs) leave
2: this 20% for later.
1: There there is a guy I like named, uh, and he's the, I, I, it was all of $10, but actually donated to a Democratic candidate, which was kind of a big deal at the time for me like I was like oh I've never done this before named Andrew Yang oh yeah 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 who's you know he he, and what I like about him is from what I've seen from like the Joe Rogan interviews and things like that mm-hmm. he's not interested in demonizing his political opponents as enemies of the state or like hey uh, how's the drinking water could it be better hey. so something I didn't like Right. Is because in this country, someone might have a good idea and then they find religion with it. Right. They, mm-hmm. they they understand it to be the way, the truth and the light. And something that for me. Right. Just because like, you know, I've got a bit of a medical background and I might occasionally I'm corrected about about a few things. So for me, wearing a mask, getting the cootie shot, all that stuff made the most sense in the world. Oh yeah. So I kind of gravitated toward the people that were about that. Right. Like we bubbled over the winter with people that were like that. Right. And not them. Right. These guys are great, but like there were people that I had heard kind of in the periphery. They don't understand that not everybody's circumstances are the same, I guess. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, like I haven't got the thought all the way thought out, but I'm like, Cause you're you know you're telling me about Texas and how, you know, it, it would make sense if like in New York you're like holy shit it's like nine eleven times a thousand, but in Texas you're like it's sunny and seventy degrees and let's go on a ride <laughs> like oh yeah and and, and there and in like at the time like there
2: weren't a lot of deaths in Texas like yeah. it obviously went up right yeah. and when it went up you know the the craziest thing happened people started wearing masks
0: yeah yeah you know,
2: it, it's it's like it, it's kind of like a, um,
1: oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to this, how, how how to articulate this. People found religion oh. through politics. No, they 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 turned a medical crisis into a political event and applied it to their religion.
2: They, you know, that's a that's a good way of saying it. That's yeah. a good way of saying it. Like like me personally, right? I was a medic. Yeah. I believe in vaccines. Yeah. Right. Like vaccines, medical science. This stuff works. I'm sure you have ran also, more
1: than one clinic.
2: I also know how to read data, right? Yeah. Which is can be problematic, right? Because I don't understand enough of it, but I can I can read it. So when like when I look at the data and I'm just gonna like I just happen to remember this number in the top of my head. At a certain point, I looked up how many people in my age range had died from COVID, sure. and it was no. like 1,200 only- look Yeah, like, but this was kind of early on, right? Got it. Um, this is probably way earlier in this year, but like, not super early on, right? Like, it was like a lot of older people, like a lot of people had already died at this point. But like, our my age group, like thirty to forty, it was only like twelve hundred at that point. Yeah. And then when you when I dug into it, when you went into like people without like people that weren't overweight, didn't smoke, didn't have, and it was very hard to find that number. By the way, Mm -hmm. dropped down to like. 300 and something and i was like okay now what's the overall population
0: mm-hmm.
2: and in that age group it was 58 million holy shit i was like okay well i'm not overweight i don't smoke i don't have any pre-ex- so i'm not worried yeah i will yeah. wear a mask to if that makes other people feel comfortable but i'm not worried if i get covid and i totally got covid yeah i wasn't here's the thing i'm pretty sure i did yeah I, I didn't get tested because at this point it didn't matter because it was complete, almost completely asymptomatic. Yeah. It was somebody I knew had COVID. And then someone else that I knew who didn't know each other had COVID. But I was in between the two people. And for a couple of days, I didn't feel great. Yeah, But that was it. And by I the time that. I realized both these people had COVID, sure. I was way past that two weeks. So it was just like... Oh, hey, I probably had it and it just didn't do anything. Sure. Like, then me just not feel good. But I still went down and got vaccinated. But I went down and got vaccinated after the VA called me and said, hey, you're on the list, man. Would you like it? I was like, what are you giving? They're like Pfizer. I was like, put me on the list. And then I went on Google and yeah. I looked to see how many people had already gotten it. Like the entire nation of Israel at that point had it. And then sure. like, I don't know, like 100 million people in the United States. I was like, okay, so if there was a problem with this, <laughs> yeah, you would know. Right, like there there would be a lot of bodies. So, I'm old. How old are you, Dan? I'm 40. Eh. (laughs) Well, I'm not having any more kids. I'm done with puberty. So so, so this is not. I am not special. Physically
1: in your mid 60s, I
2: get it. Yeah, like so, like I'm. I'm not special in any kind of way. So this is not going to do anything bad to me. Yeah. Right. But there are plenty of people who, for whatever reason, get scared about this and i'm not going to demonize those people but i want them to be able to make a good decision right if you're in your 20s and you say hey screw it i'm gonna let my immune system take it up okay cool i'm not gonna feel bad for you if this goes bad for you though but i want like oh god how am i trying to say this i want people to get vaccinated right Mm -hmm. because i want people to be healthy exactly but i also want people to be able to do what they personally want to do yeah, it's it's a hard thing. It's, it's it's one of those things where it's like you can have a be- you can say you have a belief. Yeah. Um. Or not, not a belief. That's 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 some tutor lives. You can say you have a principle. Yes. But until it is actually really tested in the fact that it can harm you, to believe in that principle. Yeah. Really know if you have that principle. Yeah. Like um, I have um a friend of mine, who was very COVID's a hoax, anti-vax, like all this other stuff and got covid and there's this dude on facebook saying guys you got to take this stuff seriously blah 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 And i was like hey bro not to be a prick <laughs> but six months ago you were saying all this bullshit and now you're saying this so you know what you didn't actually believe that yeah. and that's the problem yeah. we're not go facebook um <laughs> yeah yeah i uh... oh but anyways you want you want to know about the freeze the freeze,
1: um, yes, because like yeah, so I, did, I got a buddy who's a cop down your way, and he's like, yeah, I was, he was delivering water from place to place. Girl. It was nuts, yeah, and yeah. I felt
2: really bad that I did not do more to warn people around here, because you know I was looking at the weather, I saw the temperatures, and I know how these houses are built, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm from Massachusetts, I know what happens when stuff freezes, right? So what did I do? I mean, I told my neighbors on either side of me, like, hey, you know to do this, right? And one of them was like, no. I was like, oh, no, this is definitely what you have to do. But I no, so I went out to the street and I shut the water off at the street. And then I drained all the water out of every pipe in my house, unhooked the sprinkler system and drained all the water out of that as best I could, drained the water out of my like everything out of the house. So that way, if we lost power and it froze there's no water in the pipes pipes can't explode (laughs) Um, and we did actually we we actually lost power for like through four or five hours yeah um and i had already i already mapped out where where we were gonna go
0: yeah Uh,
2: you know the boys were what probably they might have been two at that point like just turned two and i'm not keeping two-year-olds in an in this kind of temperature in a house with price problem. And I grew up in Massachusetts. Guess who can drive on the ice? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I already had the truck packed. And I was like, if the, t- if the power does not come back on by 10 o'clock in the morning, yeah, we're gone. And we're like, we got a full tank of gas. We can get 600 miles from here. So we're, we're, we're gone. And, but luckily enough for us, the power came back on. Yeah. And, and we were fine. Uh, you know. So then you know, when the temperature outside would get above 34 degrees, I went out, turned the water main back on. Boom. Now we've got water. We can shower. We can cook. We can all do it. And then as the sun started going down and it got to be like 34 degrees again, go outside, shut that off, drained everything back out again, and just kept doing that for a couple of days. And then so uh, at a certain point, like, I went out to help some people um, and it was, it wasn't bad for me, but no one down here knows how to drive that stuff. The only people who are here who know how to drive that are people from northern states that moved here.
1: <laughs> Yankee <laughs> refugees, I believe. Exactly.
2: It. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. I mean, it was bad. And it's just, you know, the, the grid here is not designed for that. No. And I understand why. Because yeah. um, I don't know how it is for you guys. But like in Massachusetts, in the summertime, we would get brownouts, right? Like we, that's when we would lose power. We would never lose power in the winter. Because yeah. everything is insulated for the cold. But when it got you hot, mm. it would all blow, right? And that's when you would lose power. Well, in Texas, it's a, it's over 100 degrees all the time, right? Yeah. So if you insulated the power grid, it's going to blow for more of the year than the one time that it freezes in 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, It sucks, but I can... And, and screw the power companies, right? They were warned about it. They didn't do anything about it because they're greedy. And you know what? Honestly, if any of those dudes went to jail, I wouldn't have cared about that. Like, that's like fine. Can... Yeah. But, and honestly, the the people who want like the the state to take a little bit more of a role in that. Um, guess what? The private company screwed up. So you prove that you can't do it on your own. So maybe, we, maybe the nanny has to come in and deal with you, but it's, it, it is a catch 22, right? Yeah. Like, it's so hot here that you can't really insulate stuff because it'll blow out in the summer. But sure. if you, but when you do get a freeze, it's, it's going to be messed up. You know what I mean? And I... There was another thing I read, I don't know if this is true, um, but I think it is, is that along with um, like, so the natural gas lines froze and oh, then man. the um, we do have some wind. It's not a lot. So uh, all that stuff about like windmills freezing was the problem. That's totally bullshit. It's like 5% of the power grid. That That's not true. They froze up, but it is. You mean is. the news lied to us? You don't. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> but um, one of the, uh, one of our nuclear plants, a sensor froze. Uh-oh. And when the sensor froze, it tripped an alarm Uh that had, they had to scram the reactor. They had to shut down the plant. Nothing was actually wrong with it. The sensor just froze, but Hey, that's a safety and I get that, but that wasn't good. Right. Boom. Nuclear reactor offline. Then there was another reactor somewhere else in the state that was down for maintenance. So you had two reactors that just boom out of the grid.
1: I, and and again, I'm not a scientist and I'm, you know, I barely have a bachelor's degree in general studies. Um, it's a liberal arts bullshit degree that you get when you're a veteran. Are you about to point out that maybe if all the weather
2: channels are saying that it's going to be a huge, crazy freeze, that you probably shouldn't take a nuclear reactor offline for routine maintenance that week? Because that, that that's what I thought.
1: If Jeff Bezos can shoot William Shatner into space... I think we can figure out how to make the power go.
2: (laughs) Well, it's also different too in that. um, So Texas has its own grid for the most part. Yeah. And there's some regulatory, like we can still pull power from the other grids in the United States, but it's not automatic. Um... And on top of that, they were also getting hit by stuff. So they're like, Hey bro, we don't got the power to send, and not only do we not have the power to send, we're under no obligation to actually send you power, so we're not going to.
1: So go fuck um, yourself. It was, we're it all was all one up. of
2: those perfect storm things, and unfortunately, you know, Ted Cruz bought that last ticket to Cancun. You know, not looking the good. But it oh, that's was- a Texas thing that I think is hilarious. So when that happened, it was the funniest <laughs> Like, I don't know if this played anywhere else in the country, but Ted Cruz makes jokes about it and people here think it's fucking hilarious. Really? Oh my God. What else would you do? Like, Hey, I my, my my, Hey, I'm a Senator. I'm not involved in the state government. I've got a cell phone. And my kids wanted to go to Cancun, so I wasn't even thinking. I was like, sure, okay, let's go to Cancun. And then I was in Cancun. Hey, this is kind of a bad idea. I should probably come back. Like <laughs> Hilarious Halloween costume of their girlfriend dresses a dog banging on a door. And then he was dressed up as Ted Cruz with a plane ticket to Cancun walking away from the dog. And Ted Cruz retweeted it saying, this is hilarious. <laughs> so... Like the guy or hate the guy, he's got a sense of humor about it, right? That's really good. I, I, um, and then it's just one of those things where it's, it's, man, I wouldn't know it without living here, but it's like I said, it's just really different. It's just really different here. It's, and maybe it's because I grew up in Massachusetts that it's, it's so different to me. Yeah. There, it, it, it's a lot of the personal responsibility that it's not a joke. Like they really take that stuff seriously down here. It's like, oh, well, why are you waiting for the government to do something? You do it.
1: Yes. And it's like, I it, learned, I saw that like in real time.
2: Like, when people they ped- in Texas will 100% cut off their nose to spite their
1: face. Like, like last is- year when the COVID yeah. money was passed, right? Yeah. And they shut everything down. And then like jeans and nobody wrong. I'm a big kiss fan gene simmons got two million dollars of ppp money and the peasants got 1200 bucks a piece and i'm yeah. like oh oh we are on our own okay that's you know i, I thought it but then you show it and then I'm like <laughs> oh yeah it's like uh, i think i think tom brady got a couple
2: million dollars too for one of his foundations yeah. and i was just like man isn't six rings enough
1: i like, mean you isn't six rings and like a supermodel wife enough for you? (laughs) Like, you know, and and again, I'm not anyone important whatsoever, but... Well, you're important to me. Well, thank you. And so my wife agrees with you. But what (laughs) I'm saying is more like, you know, if, if we can do... I mean, I... Morphed from like a conservative to like a moderate socialist over the pandemic, who's super into the environment, right? Like, it was a very strange transition. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, was Mescaline like, involved? No, no, it was more <laughs> like blind panic. But <laughs> it's more like, like, oh, we can pay for all this, right? And I'm sure inflation or whatever, but like, there is a crisis. They sent everybody home. The peasants got almost nothing. Rich people got a bunch of money. I was good, right? Yeah. I, I I didn't even need a stimulus check. But fucking I know people who yeah, really I never I never stopped working. Yeah. Why am
2: I getting why am I getting money? No, I'm not giving it back. Fuck I you. Mean, but why am I like bought I bought think- solar panels of mine, but somebody somebody in Congress brought it up. Um, And I don't know who it was, but they were like, hey, why don't – and how about we don't give money to people who stopped working? Like, we we give money to the people who who stopped working, right? But we don't give money to the people who didn't stop working. And then we can give twice as much money to the people who are actually needing it. And I was like, and you know what? I liked getting extra money, but 100%, I'd rather some single mom or some family that lost everything – get twice as much because that's better for society
1: because like in, in in much to your you know i'm a big believer in the texan mindset of like you gotta assume that no one's coming right so then you can yeah. take care of yourself but also like you know if through no fault of your own you're just a guy who waits tables oh, yeah. or whatever that's i mean then, that,
2: that's what a that's what a society is supposed to do
1: right yes. we're supposed to take care of those who I don't know if less fortunate is the right word. Um well you bring it down socioeconomically, it's like it was it it hit the bottom fifth the most because they oh, yeah. had all of the service jobs.
2: I'm just I'm trying to think about the way I'm trying to say this, right? But it's like we should help people who need help who want to better themselves. Yeah. Or who through no fault of their own are in this crappy situation. Yeah. But then you have all the people who try to take advantage of the system that gums it up and now we're all fighting. Yeah, I hate man. that. I, and there's no, there's just, we, we can't push people to the edge of the herd anymore. So we can't get rid of those pieces of shit. So it's like, Hey, we got to take care of everybody. But it's, it's like you say, it's, sometimes it's, it's, um, it's not even just economics. It's just a, uh, a belief pattern. I'm not yeah. sure exactly how I want to say this, where it's like, you know, not everyone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That is a, that is a fact. Yeah. Because sometimes luck is involved in that, right? I am, I am remarkably lucky. For, I... for whatever reason, like, you could have two people have the exact same upbringing, life, yeah. whatever, and one of them becomes successful and one of them doesn't. Yeah. And it's just the luck of the draw. And yeah. as human beings, I kind of feel like we think that shouldn't happen because we're empathetic creatures. Like, we don't want at a base level, people to suffer. Yeah. And when you, when you especially like guys like you and me, who've been just real shithole places. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we can definitely help people out, right? You know what I mean? Like, we can definitely do better than we're doing. But at the end of the day, you also got to think, like, there's got to be a breaking point. You know what I mean? Like, when when people, like, one thing that, is what, what annoys me is like when you have Republicans who, when Democrats are in office rail about the deficit, (laughs) then they get into office and they still blow out the deficit. They just blow it out in ways that their constituents want. So no one says anything like the last, I think, and someone can fact check me on this, but I'm pretty sure the last time we had a balanced budget was Bill Clinton. And (laughs) I think Newt Gingrich was in (laughs) Congress. was running Congress. And it's like, Hey, guys, you understand that at a certain point, we have to pay this, right? Like, well, I, I – And I mean, when, I found, when I found out how – or this is how it was explained to me. Yeah. The fact that, like, our like, – this will blow your mind. And you 100% can cut this if this gets too crazy for people. Please do. So if, if, you go, if you go to England, right, and you get a British pound yeah, back right. by a pound sterling of silver, right? Uh, the euro, I don't know what that's backed by. L- lot of currency backed by gold, whatever, right? What is the United States dollar backed by? Uh, blind rage and oil. It is backed by the full faith and credit of the United States of America. And that is it. Because, And this is how we fucked the entire planet. Mm-hmm. World War II, everyone else was screwed up except for us. Mm-hmm. And we gave them loans. And then we started producing everything because we were the only developed nation that wasn't bombed to crap, right? Yeah. And then... I can't remember the year. I think it was the 70s. 72, the Bretton Agreement. We 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 start going into a recession, and they take us off the gold standard, and that's when we start using our national debt to back our currency, which means our currency is only backed by our promise to pay back our debt with money that is only backed by our debt, and everyone else was fucked because they were all using us as their reserve currency so they had to go along it's like a ponzi scheme mm-hmm. but eventually we're gonna get to if our economy doesn't continuously expand which it can't like like that's just like the odds of that happening are so absolutely sure. small right like no nation does that sure then we can't pay back the interest on our loans let alone the 30 trillion dollars we owe and then what happens when the American economy actually collapses and we can't pay back our loans and our dollar is worth nothing? Dogecoin? (laughs) That is why, so no joke, I think that's why China outlawed Bitcoin. Yeah. Because they own so much of our debt. So Bitcoin and Dogecoin, that's essentially the same concept, right? Like as a group, because why does gold have value? Because humans have decided that we give it value. Yeah, but does Bitcoin have value? Same reason we decided that it has value, and there's a limited amount of it, right? Sure. but governments can't manipulate that market, and yeah. they have no currency in that market. Yeah, so that's and if we go down, China's in, in, in trouble for it, right? Because they own a bunch of our debt. Sure, it's all you know. It's all in the in, 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 in the inter
1: the 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 intercountry trading thing, right? From but what it's I. A from what and, I understand, um, the genesis of us being the reserve currency for the world was something like at the Woods agreement in like 72, we said, oh, we'll be the reserve currency. And they, they base petroleum prices off of in U.S. dollar instead of pound sterling like it was, mm-hmm. you know, during the war and before. And so... We did that, and we said, "Oh, if you want to come get your money in U.S. dollars or gold, you can come to America." And then I was watching this like economics professor on YouTube once because I'm a nerd, and apparently the French sailed a ship. They're like, "We want our gold," and then we gave it to them. But then we took our money off the gold standard after that because we didn't want to deal with it anymore because we are. Oh, it's like I said, it's
2: insane, and and I understand. There's people that are way smarter than me that like oh hey no like this this is totally viable and this totally works and it has right but there's that there's that little sliver in like the conspiracy loving back of my brain where I'm like I'm really glad I know how to hunt and (laughs) I have a bow and I live in a place where it doesn't snow very often so like if this if if society actually collapsed sure I don't have to worry about snow removal yeah people can grow food I can hunt deer is what it is. Um, but I really hope that A, never happens. And B, that I am dead long, long before that happens. That's your kid's problem. That'd be fine. And, well, I really love my kids. Me and my grandkids. I don't know
1: them yet. They're exactly. Probably... <laughs> we could wish it was three. What are the odds that you're going to have three good generations? Like, they'll, they'll probably yeah. <laughs> and I have this theory. And, and again, I'm ignorant on a lot of things. But if everybody owes everybody else money, the great powers of the world anyway and our economies are based on a ponzi scheme of mutually owned debt so economically we're repeating the mutually assured destruction of the nuclear weapon-based cold war i would be very barring any sort of like you know uh uh, that's a great way of putting it though it's like like, everyone will prop everyone else up
2: because if one goes down everyone goes down i don't see there being a war oh no 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 i don't no 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 no, not a war but like no that's a that's a really good point is like if if everyone it's kind of like um um the uh the what what is it The, the emperor has no clothes yeah if everyone says he's got clothes does he have clothes is he really naked you know, if, if his everyone if everyone
1: agrees that the money works, yeah, and it's working now, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Um, yeah, I. Try. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean,
2: this is this is just weird, random crap that
1: I think about. Well, I mean, look at last year, right? Ugh. Like at one point, we had we were in the middle of four major crises: the virus, oh. the riots, uh, overwhelmed hospitals, political unrest, all at the same time. And oh yeah,
2: and it's honestly, I really think it's just. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's, like, it's, like, it's almost like it's gonna get worse. It's, like, people are, like, doubling down on stuff, and, and it's, at some point, it's almost like we, as a people, forgot that you can admit that you're wrong, and it doesn't mean you're stupid. Well. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, like, that's Literally why I admit
1: that. I'm wrong. Like, I try to, like, lead by example and say, I my favorite line is, I like to assume my own magnificent ignorance in most things, right? And so that way I can be like, yeah, I'm probably an idiot, and I don't, you know, and, and I might be right. Like, I assume I'm wrong on everything, and if I can disprove that, oh, I might be right on one thing, but I'm wrong on everything else. And so then oh, yeah. I keep disproving it, and then I'm right about eight things. Eight things is pretty good. <laughs> like, are you are you kidding? Me? That's an eighty percent out right there. If it's only ten things, that's not bad.
2: But like, I well, yeah. I, it's like when when was the last time that 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 someone like important just came out and said, "Hey guys, we effed up, and I take responsibility for this. We're gonna do better, but we we messed up." I. It's I, always somebody else's problem. It's always yeah. deflecting, and it's. It's not like we don't have things go wrong. And I'll tell you right now, I would, if today someone that like, for whatever pol- reason I, I disagree with on stuff, messed up on something, but they came out and say, hey, you know what? I effed up. I completely made a mistake. And, or, hey, I learned some brand new information and it completely yeah. changed my mind on this. I will, hey, you know what? You're kind of the person I want there. Yeah. Because that. Not, not, not only does that take some fortitude to do, but it shows your brain is working, and maybe you're not out just for yourself. You're but it's little, like anytime, anytime somebody admits they're wrong, people just want to dogpile on them, and it's like, hey, man, just you don't. You there's no incentive
1: wrong. to admit that you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it,
2: it, it, it It's kind of sad. It, it, yeah. It's sad, and like people are just out for themselves, and it's. It, 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 i don't know it's all right. i don't know how we got down this rabbit hole
1: that, that's all right i know for me i don't even i've since last year i and and i've told of this story in the podcast a few times a few episodes uh i was so anxious right like i i i, I ground my teeth so bad yep. i had to get five crowns because like there is a couple of days in basic training where they teach you what getting hit feels like, right? You're in a yeah. of thing, you're in a pigle stick thing. And there was a day when I got hit in the face with a wooden stick that was covered in like padding. And pigle sticks. Yeah. And like, I love that day. It was so much fun. It was a bit like I, my face was so fucked up last November, December. I had to drink whiskey just to eat dinner just to numb my face right and, and it was it was it was yeah no and then i'm like you know what i don't feel like me watching the news is helpful right now
2: oh yeah you, you know you know you know what the sad thing is is so um drinking bros does this thing uh so like a year ago two years ago maybe yeah I forget when they started doing this thing they called fake news, right? Yeah, and they did a um, it, it was just a comedy thing, right? They they did one of their podcasts and they made these these stupid um joke stories up, right? Yeah, and then it morphed into them actually talking about real news. Yeah, and the refreshing thing about it was they, you, you I mean. You can tell that some of them are like more conservative than others, right? Of course, yeah, that's fine. But they a hundred percent will call a dude out on the right, like, like, like don't get like. So, I, like I said, like like Dan Crenshaw was my congressman. I can't remember anymore what he did, but he said or did something, and holy crap, Drinking Bros lit him the f. I mean, scorched like he's been on their podcast yeah. and like lit him up, scorched earth for whatever it was. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. Um but it's like that was kind of refreshing. And but like, and they'll say it to the people. Like they had um, what was the um, oh, what was the press dude for Trump who got uh, who got axed in like a day? Um, oh, I don't even. Trump feels like ten years ago. Oh, Scaramucci. Scaramucci. Nice. They had they had the Scaramucci guy on right. And they, and, and it got, it got heated about, um, uh, I think it was vaccines or vaccine mandates or or whatever, right? And Dan was quote, like literally reading like scientific studies and Scaramucci was like trying to argue like the complete opposite of what the the data was showing. And he's like, you can shut the fuck up right now and just (laughs) lit this dude up left. Oh my God. It was so funny. It was so, and then finally it just cut. But it's like, how is it that th- that a couple veteran pricks, yeah, are more comfortable with uncomfortable conversations, yeah, than actual news media, like that to me blows my mind. There's less money involved. It's like um when what's his name was on um Joe Rogan a couple of weeks ago, uh the uh the, the doctor guy from CNN, um Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, they, I think that was him. And they had a, they had a good talk or whatever. Yeah. And then he's on CNN like the next day throwing him under the bus. Like completely wow. going like, like in a very roundabout way saying something different than he said like on Rogan's podcast. And it's like, dude, you understand? We can go look at that. Like I can watch you in HD. Rogan can hear you. Right? Say something <laughs> completely different. He's got a hunting boat, and you had yeah, and you had no, you had no response to him nailing you on. Uh, you know what? I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but um, I it's just, it's just it's fun to me to watch people try to defend indefensible things for ideology, or then just go go and say something completely opposite the next day. It's like, dude, you understand? I have the internet, right? Like, I can go and wa- I can watch you do this, so I... you you can't be like FDR. And everyone say like, oh, he died peacefully at Camp David and not on the floor of his mistress's bathroom. Like, (laughs) you could get away with that in 1945. (laughs) You can't do that in 2021, man. Like, you're on (laughs) HD. I can see you.
1: (laughs) I, um, it, it seems so superficial, right? Like, and a lot of politics these days. Like, I, you know, I've spoken to people that are pretty conservative, or at least, you know, I, I, it, it's like there's people who have political opinions and there's people mm-hmm. that subscribe to their party newsletter. Yeah, exactly. Memorize okay. all the talking points to their party newsletter, and they spout them out like it is the gospel according to John. And I talked to one guy, and he's like, yeah, we're going to, you know, it was secession and secede from the union. But it won't be- but it won't be like a civil war or anything. I'm like, it was last time. <laughs> oh, my God. I love. So one thing that
2: I really enjoy messing with people in Texas about is they love to try to save this thing that like, you know, Texas is the, the only state in the union that can fly their flag at the same height as the United States flag. No, it's not true. No, it's true. No. Oh, hey, here's the flag code. Every single state can do it. It just has to be to the right. Of the national colors Um, And it's like here you go Or it's like hey Texas can see and become its own country Again because we were the only state that was a country No you can't Yes we can it's in this Texas state constitution Okay when was that done? 1846? Okay cool What happened in 1865? You surrendered And then there's two supreme court cases A couple years later saying You can't do that So But it's and, and it's, it's just fun for me. You know what I yeah, mean? Cause yeah. it's like, they get so mad and yeah. it's like, not emotionally invested in this. Like, I'm just giving you information guy. I, I, but for me, it's fun. Cause I'm a frick.
1: I, that a hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm, Whenever I'm thinking of something, I'm like, oh, choose words correctly, you know, because I used to just spout off at the mouth and that's when people want to punch you in the face. So, (laughs) um, and that was the third time my nose got broken. (laughs) That was the third time. Um, I, people are so, they should be so much more interesting than, what political jersey they wear and oh, if yeah. you base your whole identity on like, oh, I'm a Democrat or oh, I'm a Republican or I'm a progressive or whatever, like, you know, I I had this idea and I've talked about it on the show a few times and it's, it's a halfway intelligent idea and I think I have a thought out okay where in society, you know, <laughs> you start out poor and then you kind of assimilate to the middle class you, uh-huh. uh, and a lot of your trajectory up the ladder, up the middle class is based on how much you assimilate into whatever given philosophy society you're in. And yes, we're all special, unique flowers, each made in the perfect image of God, but we all wear pants to the office, you know? So there's a certain amount of conformity that is required much like the military to succeed going up the ranks of the NCO ladder. The more you conform in a certain way, to the culture around you, the more, the higher you'll go. I topped out at E5 because uh, I was not a person that would, I grew up in support in the medical sector and the clinics and stuff. And then I stepped over the rainbow, got my stripes and went to Oz and joined the infantry. And I was not that guy, right? And so I could only conform to a certain level. And that's kind of what made me think of this. And so then you've got people that can't really even conform there. So they get attracted to these weird, like, you know, ideologies on the fringes. You get like Antifa, who wants to like burn down a Starbucks because of racism or something. But then you've got people like storming into the Capitol on the other side because like Nancy Pelosi is eating children and sucking their adrenochrome out and AOC. Like, you get the guy with the horns trying to kill her with the pen or whatever the fuck happened. And these people aren't successful people. And so my thinking is a lot of the political polarization where they're like, Oh, I believe this so much because you have nothing else going on and you're so you use it as a distraction, as a blanket, so you don't have to think about all your real problems, but you can think, oh, well, we're going to get Nancy Pelosi next time with the election. And when really, I'm like, do you have health insurance? <laughs> Let's start there. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, um uh,
2: buddy of mine, he, he, he likes to say this, um, the only color in America that matters is green. Yes! And... <laughs> And I started thinking about that one day because I was bored and I had that kind of time. Sure. And and I was like, you know what? I, I, and I have not done this. So listeners, if you're out there, feel free to do this research for Derwin. <laughs> I imagine you can track monetarily how someone will vote. Once taxes affect them, they probably become Republicans. And once they have so much money that taxes no longer affect them, mm-hmm. but goodwill does, they go back to being Democrats and when you're at the bottom level and you need the government's help you're probably a democrat for the mo for the for the vast majority for every for every hillbilly who doesn't have a pot to piss in that's a conservative who votes republican i bet you there's got to be 15 that might say that but they probably vote democrat cuz they need those welfare checks
1: see i
2: i would i would be very interested to see those numbers however i'm not interested enough to actually do the work myself because it doesn't really matter to me. We're not
1: anthropologists. But, this is just a podcast on that's probably oh yeah. a third but hour or something. I,
2: I'm with you on that. Like, I wish,
1: I wish honestly that we could do, instead of having, well, instead like of to that, of a you just made Dan. It's, and this is based off my own anecdotal experience. So I might just, because. I thought there were poor, more poor white people than there were. Turns out we were just special, right? <laughs> it turns out it's only 14% of the population. And I'm like, oh, is that it? Fuck me, really? Like 40% of the white population. And but it's, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's the ones that are saying it. But like, and maybe it's just the people I might, oh, be, yeah. it might yeah, be my own special like, path. I don't know. But like when I was a kid, everyone's like, oh, we're conservatives and like ah, oh, we're just like them. And you know, oh, so like when everyone's you're, when you're getting like welfare checks. Yeah. And I mean when you're when you're a kid, yes, but like like I mean, when so, I was twenty five, you know, people were like here, that.
2: Here's a perfect example, right? I'm from Massachusetts. When you yeah. come to social issues, I'm as liberal as you can be. Yeah. I don't care who you are, who you want to be married, what you want to be called, what you want to do with yourself, like you do you, boo-boo. Yeah. The first time I had to write a check (laughs) to the IRS. (laughs) I was so angry. You found religion with the GOP. (laughs) You know what? Maybe not religion, but more like a, hey, why am
1: I paying so much in taxes? I
2: get it. But they also don't really care about me either.
1: Oh, not at all. That was was my thing. You've You've got poor white people who think that the republicans care about them and correspondingly you've got poor black people that think the democrats care about them and i want to be like guys you both are way more similar than those people that you're listening to right you know there's a um that just made me think about
2: this so i don't know if you've ever seen it but the uh the the tv show the west wing yes that just made me think so there's one scene where um the, the, this guy I can't remember his name um, he's been on a bunch of TV shows he's playing the speaker of the house and he's a Republican and he's arguing with Martin Sheen as the president right and they're going uh, back and forth on the budget or whatever I'm sure this isn't interesting to anybody but other than me um, we talked about my like, dishwasher earlier really they're, 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 they're arguing about how to help people and Martin Sheen is talking about like government programs to help people and then this guy just snaps and he's like it's we need government to get off of people's backs yeah and I think that actually is a really good bifurcation of the way people think. Yeah. Some people think the government is there to help you, and some people think the government just needs to get off my back, and I can do it on my own. And that's almost like a a personality trait yeah. where you it's hard to it's it, it's hard to find common ground maybe, and it's kind of. It's kind of sad. It's like
1: I kind I of know, like, like both. Like, like I could like I don't think it's either or. I think it's yes and. You see, know. There you go. Like, why can't
2: we help people and at the same time get off people's backs? Yeah, and like, then, like give incentives to people and then tax them once they're
1: really successful. I, I mean, you know, like, I think I that's. Like, a I like the UBI idea, where like. But like you you strip away a lot of the legacy programs and you just say, look, you get this much money and then you don't have access. You know, we 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 we, this we dismantle a lot of the bureaucracy that's already there. And we just if it's more cost effective to do it and then you like peg it to an inflation rate, then, you know,
2: the the only thing I worry about that, the only thing. And this is so this is so stupid. And I, I I admit this is stupid. There's no stupid idea. There's an author that I really, really enjoy, Nathan, David Weber. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And, and so I started reading his books. I think I was in the I think I was a freshman in high school when I first yeah. read one of his. And this is a sci-fi series for everyone listening.
1: I don't think I have but, any of these books on my shelf, but yeah, I should.
2: Uh, but the um but if you've read the Honor Harrington series, I've the whole reason book. the People's Republic becomes Starts conquering other nations is because they decided they were going to outlaw poverty yeah. and give everyone a basic living stipend. Yeah, and then they couldn't afford it anymore, and they created this entire class of people that were just used to getting money, yeah. and that would riot if they didn't. Now, granted, this is a novel. Yeah, granted, it's just science fiction, but I know people. I know me. You pay me to sit at home, and my fat ass is going to sit at home. And then if you cut off my trough, I'm going to be kind of freaking mad. And I'm probably going to get pretty lazy. And I don't think that's good for people. It's like, I love Star Trek, right? Yeah. But the concept of the, the Star Trek universe of there is no money and people just do what they want to do. And it's like some guy owns a restaurant and he's serving people food, but he's not making any money. And there's no reason for him to be there. Yeah. That's not realistic. Like, I know people. Yeah. People like I'm gonna chill in the holodeck well, like, I, the whole I, time and do some really horrible things, probably. But, I mean, but holodeck's gonna podcast. be used for sex, let's be honest. Yo, yeah, yeah. No one wants to clean those. And it's that, gonna that be weird sex. If you're if you're a private in Starfleet, you are definitely cleaning the holodeck. Like that oh, yeah. is that
1: is your job.
2: Fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> um, so I'm gonna have you on again. And <laughs> we'll probably get into some nerdy shit.
2: Oh, dude, we we, if you want nerdy shit, like fucking Battlestar Galactica,
1: Babylon Five, like whatever, bro. I'm currently working my way through Star Trek Voyager and kind of hitting the best of because you me- find it hard, like the
2: um the the letterbox screen. Not it's not letterbox. It's no. the like I'm assuming you're watching it on like a Paramount Plus or Netflix, yeah. and it's it it's like. Most of my TV isn't showing anything anymore, and it's it's kind of weird to me, yeah, like the story is still good, the acting is still good. the stories are still great, but it's visually kind of weird like that's the upgrade of Babylon Five on hBO Max is fucking choice, even though it is like that
1: i y- yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna have a couple of cool ones about different nerdy shows um okay, okay, so you how long you been a father uh two
2: years and let's see i'm trying to do the math but i'm a little inebriated so they uh they are uh they are they will turn three in february uh in march sorry what's your favorite thing about being a dad this is probably gonna sound dumb but my favorite thing about being a dad is um when i uh when I make them breakfast on the weekends and then, cause I let my wife sleep in cause uh, I, I usually get up super early for work during the week. yeah, um, And so I'm not there to wake them up. And so on the weekends I let her sleep in uh, cause even getting up when they get up is sleeping in for me pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I get up, get them up. I make them breakfast and guaranteed one of them after breakfast will I'll like sit down on the couch or whatever. They'll start playing with the toys, and one of them will crawl up onto the couch and crawl up into my lap and be like, "I love you, Dad." Dad, and that is—I don't care how badass you've ever been in your entire life. That is like the best thing in the world.
1: I and think just
2: that. and just you know just just being their dad, just doing like just doing little things that like make their day is it's so much fun it's so much fun
1: okay i think we'll end there i want to thank you for being on i want to thank you for your service to the country i want to thank you for being a good dad and i look forward to having you on again real soon dan
2: well thanks for having me man and uh thanks for doing your podcast because honestly you helped me get through my day at work wow that's really you were, nice. you were you were you were one of those unsung heroes that when i'm pretending to work but i'm actually not doing a damn thing <laughs> and i'm just listening to podcasts you're one of the ones giving your dulcet
1: tones right into my eardrums <laughs> well you know uh on that note you can catch us next monday morning at 700 thanks dan